Hello, welcome to Tales from the Albright, a podcast by the Scranton Public Library. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Tales from the Albright. Today, we are here with Anne. Hello, everyone. How are y'all doing? We will be discussing Jonestown, The Women Behind the Massacre, which is available on Canopy, as are all of our discussions about visual media. Yes. And it was originally produced by A&E in yes. 2017. Yes, so it's very good. It's all interview-based. Yes. Um, there's not too much of, like, historian input, except for the one lady. Right, yeah. Um, it's primarily based on eyewitness accounts and relatives it's, of people who were in the People's Temple or were in it themselves. Right. So what were your initial reactions? Um, this It was different than what I thought it was going to be. These The women in particularly in this documentary they had a lot of power yeah i you know watching it and just listening to everything i thought all this time that it was him i mean he did have power but towards the end the women they just took over yeah yeah definitely they they were basically the masterminds behind well one in particular was the mastermind it seemed that yes and the other ones just followed because they were so devoted Mm mm-hmm that they would do anything that she said or he said. It's one of those situations where you, I think you just always hear like the Kool-Aid jokes. Yes, and yes. And that's all you really know about. You just know like a bunch of people died. There was a cult. They had some Kool-Aid that was poisoned. And, yep. And that's about the extent of it. Right. You don't really know why they did it until yeah. I watch this documentary now. It gives like a whole different lens to it. Yes, it does. And I feel like I want to read more. Like most I, of the yes, things. The, uh, tell me about it. <laughs> we go down the rabbit hole every single time. Yeah. So with my notes, I started with um, listing out all of the women first. Okay. So all there right. were four main women. Yes, there were. There was Marceline Jones. Yes. Who was Jim Jones's first wife. Right. And she had a nursing background and helped him start the People's, People's Temple in Indiana. And yes. that's how they met. They met in the hospital where she worked because he was an orderly. Yes. And she saw in him like a greatness that other people didn't see, see in him. Mm-hmm. She just, there was just something about him that drew her. Yeah. And she just thought that he was going to do great things. Mm-hmm. And then there was Carolyn Layton. Mm-hmm. who she was married to a man named Larry, um, but then they got divorced, and she became Jim Jones's first mistress. And she started attending the People's Temple in 1968 and was drawn in by their interracial congregation, faith healing, commitment to social justice issues. And then she eventually had a son with Jim Jones in 1974, whose name was Jim, but they called him Chemo. Chemo, yes. Then there was Annie Moore, who was Carolyn's sister, and she joined the church fresh out of high school when she was 18 in 1972 because she was drawn in by the social experiment and believed that the church was causing people to live how the Bible said people were meant to live. And she also started to attend college to get a nursing degree. Degree, Yes. And there was Maria Katsaris, Mm -hmm. who was also 18 years old when she joined. I didn't really get much of her background. No, there wasn't really much about her. No, it just talked about how she seemed to be easily manipulated. Yes. And she quickly rose through the ranks and got a leadership position. Position, yep. 
and no one really could talk to her because she was another of Jim Jones's mistresses. Right, and if you only could speak to them if they spoke to you. Yeah. Otherwise, you, there was no interaction. Yeah, there was yes. one specific gentleman who very clearly laid it out yes. in the documentary. Yes, he did. Yes, they referred to them as the inter inner circle. Mm -hmm. The whole documentary starts out with um, the People's Temple of the Disciples of Christ getting started in Indiana. Yes. And at that point, it wasn't a cult yet. It no. Just was a new church. A new church that, yeah, it was just a social justice gospel. Mm -hmm. That's that's what he said. Then they had, um, they called her Marcy at some points, too, in the yeah. documentary. They had their son, Stephen. Mm -hmm. And then while they were in Indiana, that's when they adopted two children, and they became known as the Rainbow Family. Mm -hmm. But what I found interesting, what Stephen said, was everything that Jim did was to impress Yes. He was always aware of his surroundings, and he always was worried about what people thought of him. He was more dramatic yeah. and outgoing, where his mother, Marceline, was more compassionate. Yeah, and he I remember him saying that he felt that his mom was more genuine. Yes, more genuine, yes, and exactly. And then she became beloved by the church. church. Yes, she became known as Mother Jones, a mother to everyone, not only the church, and but also the community. Yeah. So, like, in the beginning, it just seems like, oh, okay. Yeah, it, like, yeah. it was an idea. He took it. He ran yeah. with it. And it was just, like, normal church. Yeah, and it seemed like they were trying to do good things within the community. community. Yes, very much even so. Even if it was showy, it, like, they were trying to. to yes, include everyone. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And then they moved to California yes. in Redwood Valley in 1968. And I found it interesting that they provided homes for people who didn't have yes. this, who were like recently released from like hospitals or prison. prison, and they had an, uh, a senior citizen home. Mm -hmm. I found I, that I had no idea about. I absolutely no. no idea. That I, that was very interesting. It was that time too. It was like uh, I think it was like early 1968. So that's when the the hippie movement, as yeah. they would call it, was starting, and everyone loved everybody and. Yeah, I also had no idea that they were just farming and growing their own food yes. and had like a subsistence farming type yes. thing going on. Yep. Yes, they did. Um, but with all of that, everyone started to develop a deep loyalty and love for the church. And then things, I feel like, started to take a turn when Jim Jones started having his affair yes. with Carolyn. with Carolyn. Yes. Yes. They said, Marcy... According to Carolyn, and they said that Marcy was fine with it, but she I don't believe fine. she was not fine with it. I, I just don't, I just can't see her saying, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead, do what you want. You know, but then eventually she did make a public statement mm -hmm. saying she was okay with sharing him with other women, basically she didn't want to give up her status. I yeah. think that was the main thing, and she still wanted to help people at that time. Yeah, and I think her son was the one who he feels like she didn't realize she had an option to leave exactly because that's all she knew at that mm -hmm. time yes i feel like that was very standard in society oh much at that time yes where you didn't leave no you wouldn't there's no yeah where would you go yeah most people didn't have jobs they were stay-at-home moms and mm -hmm. housewives and then people started joining the church, and it expanded out to San Francisco and Los Angeles. Yes, and this was in the early 70s, I believe, or I early believe 70s, so. that this started happening. This That's when the church really started growing. Mm -hmm. And I found it interesting that they specifically targeted 
poor neighborhoods. Yes. Because those are the people that would be very drawn in by a community being like, hey, hey come on, join us. us. We'll provide you like food, food and shelter, shelter and everybody will, you'll have love, you'll have mm-hmm. companionship. And I feel like that's when it really starts to get dangerous. Yes, very much so. That's when you're starting to cult. That's when the cult starts. Yeah. Especially since they were like busing people in. Yes. And they were going across the country, which Mm -hmm. I had no idea. I didn't either. No, they were actually, yeah, they were going right across the country. And very soon after that is when criticisms begin. Yes. So one of the foundational practices within the People's Temple were faith healing services. Yes, they were. But they were completely fake. Right. But they drew in people who were older and elderly and had medical issues. issues. Right. And they were hoping that maybe this would help them. Mm-hmm. When in reality, the people that were being healed were members of the church that had been in a long time and were faking their ailments. And, right. Because, I mean, the one woman, she had a spinal, a spine, something with her spine and her legs. And he, I don't remember if he exactly prayed over her or prayed for her from the pulpit. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden she's up and she's dancing and she's running around. And I'm like, what? The, yeah. I, I'm like, no, this can't be real. And then eventually it did come out that everything mm-hmm. was staged. I, th- I forget who it was in the documentary, but they were like, yeah, that was my neighbor who's like outside gardening every yes, day. They, yes, yes. Something along those, those lines. lines. So that's when they started questioning that part of um, preaching. Yes. Yes, it's preaching. Um, they kept referring to it as the cause in the Yes, the cause. Yes. Yep, they and did. I also found it surprising, kind of a slight detour, is that they had like the first-hand footage of everything. Yes. I don't know why in my brain I just assumed there was... No footage. no footage, but there's so much footage. There was so much, and actual audio recordings, mm-hmm. which it, were, it's a lot. It's a lot, and I don't know about you, but I found his voice to be not as strong as I expected it to be. No, it was it was more soft spoken. Mm-hmm. I I don't know. I just expected him to be more like boisterous and loud, like how you see the preachers yeah. today, and he wasn't like that. No. Yeah, no, I yeah. didn't expect it either. No, I was I was a little shocked at that. Mm-hmm. And then racism and hypocrisy allegations began because there the People's Temple was very much they projected an image of being very interracial and accepting of everyone, but all of the core leadership were white people. Yes, and this inclusion. Um, as Stephen says, that's Jim Jones's son, mm-hmm. um, said that the inclusion wasn't happening on a day-to-day basis. It was show. Yeah. Yeah, it was definitely show. And then former members start to speak out and say that the church took advantage of poor black communities and that they based too many things on sexual practices, yes. including sexual assault. Yes, and very Humiliation much. punishment. Yes, corporal punishment. And what I found interesting is, and you, you hear this more with, with a lot of the cults is basically especially with the elderly they just they welcomed them in and then basically they took everything from mm-hmm. them and then at the end they had nothing so where could they go yeah they they had it's to stay the financial abuse yes the financial abuse oh yes that was very much a big and of course the leadership and the church itself denied absolutely everything oh of course they did 
Of course they did. In 77, 1977, mm-hmm. when the San Francisco Magazine New West wrote the article. Yes. And, and the inside, uh, the People's Temple, um, it was Jim Jones, who is he, and what's going on behind locked doors. Mm-hmm. And that's when a lot of former members were interviewed, saying the allegations of sexual activity, mm-hmm. corporal punishment, financial wrongdoing. And of course, Annie and Caroline, who were sisters and at this time were high rankers up in the inner circle, were, of course came out and said, well, everybody in the article were either child molesters or they're mm-hmm. the ones who embezzled everything. And this is when criticism started mounting. Yeah. And he, Jim left before the article was published because he knew he couldn't stand the backlash and the investigation. He ran, basically. Yeah. He was like, nope, I'm gone. <laughs> And that's how Jonestown in Guyana got established. Stop. Yes. Which I didn't realize that it was so early. It was 1974 that it started. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's early. early. I didn't yeah. realize it was that established. I didn't either. I thought it was just something that came in 1978. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had no idea it was already established. Yeah, I feel like it's something that you hear about, and then when you hear about it, you just assume we're like, oh, that was a thing. That was like... They tried it. It lasted a few months. Months and, and that then... was it. No, it was going on. Yeah. But then what they call it, an agricultural project. Yeah. That's what they referred to it. It was basically its own little town. Mm-hmm. It had everything that you could want. Then they created the propaganda video. Oh, oh that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Who were just like, it's great to live Look here. And they're all singing and dancing. And, and when in reality, there was so much like food instability yes. and lack of resources yes very much so but it was just so that they could get more people there that's true exactly and i found it interesting that they left um marceline back in the united states yeah. to deal with the criticism and organize getting people down to jones yes yeah she was basically trying to manage this end the united states mm-hmm. end but she was over her head yeah. Yeah, she yeah, she wasn't equipped for all of that. No, I think by that point no one no was equipped for that. No, exactly. Which is why everyone left. Exactly. That's why people yeah. started leaving in that. In Jonestown, Jim Jones lived with Carolyn Marie and Annie, and then Marceline when she eventually got there lived on the opposite, opposite side in her own cabin. And he was also massively addicted to barbiturates. Yes, he was. Yes. And everyone denied it, but he right. was. They said that he was ill, so that's okay. why his voice was slurred, and he would have trouble walking. Yeah, I found it interesting how Stephen Jones remembers visiting his father, and then was it Annie that gave him like a shot of yes. some mysterious thing? Yeah, and then and he... Then it clearly was drugs of some kind. Yes, guy. and then he was slurring mm-hmm. and... But they were like, oh, it's B12. Yes. <laughs> it was not B12. No, it was not B12. Uh-uh. Not at all. And so since he was massively addicted to drugs, all of the women became even more powerful. Yes, they did. And had more of an influence and ran the day-to-day operations. Operations of it, yes. Yes, they did. And around this time, the Concerned Relative Group... Formed. formed and this was all family members of people who were within the people's temple right and it was started by a tim and grace stone yes. um they left the mm-hmm. temple and unfortunately they left their son there and they were fighting for custody mm-hmm. jim was claiming that he was the father of the child yes because grace was sleeping with, with her husband, husband and him at the same yes. time 
But then when you, when you saw pictures of the child, he could have been Jim's son because he did sort of resemble him a little yeah. bit. Yes. So no one knows. No one really knows. And I feel like it's just... I feel like Jim slept with everyone. I do too. Like, I just got that impression. I did too. So how, how, who knows how many children he actually yeah. had. You know, we don't know. Which, that's another thing that you often see in cult Oh, situations. very much so, When yes. you read about them, you hear about them. them. Yep, you hear, yes, very much. Because then that becomes like a basis of blackmail yep. that keeps people well, within. Right. Within, if you leave, you can't take your children with you. Mm-hmm. Also, we'll expose all these things that you, you did. did. Exactly. No one's going to, exactly. No one's going to side with you. Mm-hmm. Yes, very much so. But with the custody battle, Jim Jones became increasingly paranoid. Yes. Believing that everything was in danger. Yes. And attack was imminent from the outside. And then I found it absolutely bizarre that they tried to have a staged kidnapping. Yes. Where Stephen was supposed to kidnap John Victor and yes. like take him to the woods. woods. And then the woman in leadership stepped in and was so like, like no, no, we can't do this, no. Because the poor child would have been traumatized. Yeah. And why, Stephen, he's like, what? He yeah. had no idea what was going going down. Carolyn, that's when it seems like Carolyn started writing, in the documentary progression at least, um, about how everyone needed to die. Yes. To yep. protect Jim. Yes to, yes, to protect Jim. And then her and Annie started working together to come up with plans. Right. And that developed into group suicide being revolution against established society. Uh, yes. And yep. That's where things... That's when things started really going bad. off. Bad. Going, yes, going bad. Jim's paranoia resulting in him saying whatever he felt like over, over the speaker system. Speaker 24 hours a day. Just constant, mm-hmm. constant. Everything was dark, despair. They had no idea what was going on in the outside world. No. Everything, like the one woman said, they could have said that a nuclear war happened and they would have believed him mm-hmm. because they had no idea. But this is when he was starting to go off. Uh, yeah. Yes, because that's when he was like always with the dark glasses and the hat yeah. and the picture we know him mm-hmm. of. Yeah, and I remember the one woman in the documentary just saying that that was her least favorite part of the day-to-day yes. operations. Is yes, yes. That she would just cringe whenever she started hearing yeah. the speaker go yes, off. Yes, because he just would go on. He was going off about alligators at one point. Yeah, and like, I'm like, I, I didn't understand what he was even talking about. I don't think anyone did. No, he was just rambling. Mm-hmm. He was just rambling. They also discussed how the leadership women didn't really have any friends. Because no one could talk, talk to, to them. them. Yes. So it was just them in their own little cabin right house with the gym, gym all of the time. time yes exactly yes and that has to have influenced oh my god too. i believe so i mean i really think at towards the end these women were starting to even like felt stuck stuck yeah like they, they i think they maybe realized there was no way out to mm-hmm. so this was they're going and I, what the, I found interesting too was the when, and um, this was like the fall of '77 when he started with the mm-hmm. 24 hours, that um, people. This is when people in Jonestown were exhausted. Two thirds of them were the elderly mm-hmm. and children, so there was only a small core group that were doing the day-to-day running of doing the agriculture, feeding everyone, 
And this is when he became a very troubled figure, Jim. And he was good at getting people to join, but he was not good at the day-to-day business. No. no. So, and this is when uh, Marceline, too, felt insignificant in Jonestown. Mm-hmm. That's why she was like, she was no longer Mother Jones to the people. She was just a woman they who came are. to visit every once yeah. in a while. And they talked about how they would run, essentially, like, suicide drills. Yes. Where Jim would just get on at any hour of the day and be yeah. like... It's happening, and no one knew if it was real Real, or not. And they would just go line up and drink their flavorade. Exactly, and that's... uh, I I know. It's hard hard to imagine. I can't imagine. No. I, I can't. It has to take so much of a toll on people. It has to. I mean, you just don't like... You can wake up one okay now today's the day and then you go and then you're fine yeah like how do you live under that stress i don't know i think that's why people started to deflect and attempt to escape yes i agree yes and i also like i wonder how much like intensive therapy everyone that survived and did get out had to go through. through i well that's a great question that would be something really to look into and yeah. see if there's anything now the, the thing i had with like the survivors that were mm-hmm. in the documentary did it ever say how they got out no okay i was wondering that thank too. you i thought yeah. it was me i'm thinking did i miss something because they never really said how did the these survivors i, I don't yeah know. like did they leave beforehand and, yeah but i don't know they never said okay all right i just didn't know if i missed something yeah. and no, I'd be interested to see if there's memoirs out there. There has of to people be people who did get out. There has to be something. Yeah, we will check into that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the concerned relatives. Speaking of people that escaped, they wrote a declaration of human rights violation list that they felt like were occurring in Jonestown. Yes. And then Debbie Layton escaped, and she managed to get to the U.S. Embassy in Guyana and told them what was happening and she was sent back to the United States and gave this whole interview and I found an additional article when I was looking up just numbers to get them right and she was Larry Layton's sister so Carolyn's sister-in-law okay okay I was trying to figure out the connection there because I knew the name and I'm thinking I don't understand the connection yeah I didn't either but I did find that so okay um and then after that is when they were really like, this is not good because right. she talked about the food insecurity yes. and how awful it was. was. The only thing that in the interview where people did not really believe her were the suicide drills. Mm-hmm. They, they did not take her seriously on that. I think it's part of the phenomenon where something's so awful that you just block it out. Right, exactly. Or yes. something so like outrageous that you block it out because that's how a lot of the moon landing conspiracy theories True. happen yes or the people who believe that the sandy hook and shootings be, never yeah. happened you have people who believe the holocaust never happened yeah there's a whole bunch of yeah conspiracy. so i can understand that yes yeah You're so i think it's part of that mentality, mentality like, like there's no way that could happen yeah because it's so awful, awful. right on November 14th of 1978, Congressman Leo Ryan announced that he was going down to visit Jonestown to check it out for himself. Self. Which is fair to do. Right, yes, to see whether or not mm-hmm. 
you things know, are happening, happening as they're saying. And technically, I think everyone was still United States citizens at that point. I would think they would be because I don't think I don't remember anybody relinqu- relinquishing their U.S. No, citizenship. They just left. They just left. He brought camera crews with him and some of the families from the concerned relatives, and they were just. Everyone was very concerned about everything. Yes, very, very the much The leadership so. in Jonestown were like, Jim is too far gone on the drugs. Yes, to be. So they kept everything with any interaction with him very short. Yes. I found it interesting in the documentary. It actually was very sad when Maria Katsars' brother was oh, there. Oh, God, I trying know. Trying to convince her to, to leave. leave. And she would not. No. And he looked so sad. Mm-hmm. So sad. And she was emotionless. Yeah. You know, she was just, she had no emotion when she was talking about. No, and I can't tell if that's just the strain of it all. Could be. Or if she knew that. The end was coming. Yeah. Yes, I um, I didn't think of that. You're right. You're right. And But yeah, she is just like, I'm staying. I'm staying. Nothing they could say. No. Was going to make her leave. No, so. and her brother was there just crying. Crying, I know. And like you wondered this. Like now, how does he feel? And even the one, the sister that they interviewed, the Rebecca Moore, yeah. who was Annie and Caroline's sister, I found her a little off-putting. I mean, her mm-hmm. interviews were very well, but she was so cold. I felt she was cold. She had no emotion, yeah. and it could be because it's been such a long time. She doesn't feel the emotion yeah. that I feel like she had more anger than anything. She else did have them. the yes. So, so I think it might have been I got more of that impression that impression okay where she just like it was more anger than anything else okay okay because then well it's also her parents that visited right they they visited Annie and Carolyn and they were like oh no it's great yeah everything is fine so that's true I didn't think of she so she's was between two Mm -hmm. like I want my sisters back but my parents are saying everything's fantastic yeah and then a short while later, it's, oh, my sisters helped kill all yes, these people. people. Exactly. So I imagine it might just be like a shutting down emotional. It could be. Yes, I didn't think of that. Yep, I didn't think of that. And I'm sure she probably had to do some intense therapy. Oh, I'm sure. Through, yeah, through the years in that. Everything about the visit with Leo Ryan was going well mm-hmm. until two families passed them notes saying that they wanted to leave. leave. Yes. And that's when everything started to go wrong yes and these two families that wanted to leave were in the group for like 20 years or more so they weren't new they They just knew that it was time they they needed to go and as they were leaving jim jones ordered that people with weapons follow the group to the plane then they assassinated leo congressman leo ryan three news crew and one member of one of the families that were leaving yes and they killed all of them. Many more were injured. Right. It was awful. It was it was horrible. It was horrible. And then you could hear, like, you heard the guns going off and that. Yeah. And, and they had video of that, too. Yeah. They had video of everything. everything. That just blew my mind. I was like, wow. And, like, some you can tell were recreations. But well, naturally, yeah. You, you knew like, that they were original. Yeah. Definitely they were original. Shortly after that, hours, hours, essentially, yes, and probably not even. I don't really know the exact. They didn't give the exact timeline, but it was the same day, right? Is when the massacres 
and mass suicide, mass killing. Um, there's it seems like there's conflicting like seeing, how they uh, have right. They like speak of it. Yes, happened where Jim Jones gave the orders that they it was time. Yep, his and, it was actually his audio was they're free at last. Let's keep all our emotions down. This will not hurt yeah. if you be quiet. That was his yeah his prologue before all this started. Yeah, and it's it it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. Like you hear of it and you're like okay. But then it, it was bad because they have actual audio. audio and the one um, I'm assuming it was Caroline who was speaking, or or Maria. I wasn't quite sure yeah. which one that how to line up. Mm-hmm. And there's too many people in the one room, so people go to the other room, and then make yeah. sure that the children and babies drink it first, which was the worst. worst. And they're like, and they're like. <sighs> And on the audio, you hear them saying, oh, no, they're not crying from pain. They're just crying because it's a bitter taste. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I mean, I don't know what cyanide does to you, but I'm sure it's not. On the A&E website, there was um, a page, because I, like, looked at it to try and get the information of, like, when it was put out. Right. And there's a page, and it's, like, what it's like to die from cyanide poisoning. Oh. And what it essentially does, I guess, is stops your cells from getting oxygen oh my goodness so you like start convulsing and like foaming at the mouth because like it's not oh my gosh it's awful oh my gosh and then it the taste of it is like bitter almonds okay which was probably masked by the cool somewhat of the sugar like all of the sugar sugar that was in some say kool-aid but it was actually flavor just because they didn't have enough money to buy right. actual so kool-aid. kool-aid right because everything was so tight. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah, wow. so it was not good no. at all. Oh my, um, I, oh my gosh. Just the yeah. thought of it. I mean, the adults, I, but the babies yeah. and the kids, they had no That's idea the, what was going no. on. Oh my gosh. I know that they didn't go into it in the documentary too much, but I know that there's some like controversy over how people actually died. Yes. Because there was all of the flavor aid, and then there was also a bunch of needle injections that they gave to people that, like, weren't cooperating. That's true, yes. Which is why it's also commonly referred to as, like, a mass murder event. There were the injections of cyanide. There was the drinking of cyanide. There were the gunshots. Because they had all of the weapons, right? Too. They had everything, yes. Because they did say that, and um, and they said there was only one bucket of the cyanide. Yeah. And I, Stephen said at one point in the in the thing, he's, why didn't someone just walk up and knock it over? Yeah. You know, and it's you're like, oh my god, I didn't even think of that. But how did they get the? My thing is like with the injections. If people were not cooperating with the drinks, how are they injecting people? Were they chasing them? Like, I mean, were they just coming up and... Probably. Or just walking up and you didn't even know and they just injected you? you probably didn't even know. That's... I Because, yeah. well, they also stated how, like, people did it because they were just so tired and depressed. Rest, and they had nothing to go home to. Know, and, like, malnourished. Yep, so they were just tired. And also, a decent number of them probably didn't think that the drill was for real since they had so many... Before that... And then Jim Jones never drank cyanide. Nope. 
he was killed by Annie. Annie. Annie shot him, and then Annie wrote a whole suicide note about her devotion to Jonestown. Yes. And she blamed all of the deaths on the outside world. World, of course. And then killed herself. But there's then also a thing with this where yes. people say that, like, the angle, she kind of actually killed, killed herself. herself. Yes. Yes. There's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of con- that. And there's a lot of controversy, too, because people were saying that throughout the day, no one really saw Annie and Caroline much that day. So they're not even sure what they were doing or where they were most of the day. Caroline and Maria, they went to their cabins, they poisoned their own children first, Mm -hmm. and then they drank it. But Caroline, in autopsy, also had an injection. Mm -hmm. So she injected herself and drank. She wanted to make sure Sure that that she she was was, gone. Yes. But yeah, there is that controversy with Annie. Did she shoot herself? Did someone else shoot her? Yeah, and then who would have been if she didn't? Right. So, yeah... Because I really can't see, at the point where Jim Jones, I can't see him handling a gun and shooting someone. No. I just... No, I think it was... It seems like it's pretty established that somebody killed him. Yes. And then did somebody kill her, making it look like a suicide. And then... But she she wrote the letter. So did someone sit there and wait while she wrote a letter? So there's so much... Yeah, there's a lot. I think it was just such mass chaos. Yes, I believe so, yes. Everyone got to there because in the numbers, it was 918 people died Mm -hmm. and 304 of them were children. Children. Yes. So when people eventually found it and got there, like, there's just... It was just what do you do? What do you do? There's just all these bodies, and I just can't even imagine. You're in Ghana, South America, in the middle. I mean, it was November, but you're in a jungle. Mm -hmm. So the humidity, it just must have been. Yeah, because you can. They have the video footage of like people going in and walking around and trying to find some people that lived, and they have just masks on, mm -hmm. and some of them are just crying and. Yeah, it's awful. That's another thing. If you do watch the documentary, yes. um, be warned that there is graphic footage. Yes, there is. Yes. The aftermath. People. Yeah. The aftermath, yes. And I know people are probably wondering, how did Steven survive since he was He gym- was at a basketball he- tournament. That's how he survived. Which was wild to me, but it also shows how ingrained they probably were in the community that they had a basketball team Turn- that went yeah. out to go jo- to the tournament. Yeah, exactly. So... Now, the ending, when they were showing up, they, I, I'm assuming they did a mass burial. Mm-hmm. Was that in Guyana? I'm assuming it's, that's where they're buried. I honestly don't no, know. because they never said all they were, were doing the mass burial. And yeah, I, I was But then they showed sure. people unloading coffins Fins. from, like, yeah. trucks and... That, so I was a little confused planes, there. So I don't know. Did somebody's come back? Like, the family members who... I like where's Annie and Caroline? Where are they? Like I, I was a little confused on that at the end. They never really mentioned. They just mentioned like the you know, who survived and how many died. According to this article from the Bay Area NBC, four hundred Jonestown victims are buried in Oakland, California. Really? Okay, so. that's very interesting. But the rest, I don't know. No, then I'm thinking maybe ones that didn't have family members or... Yeah, they couldn't reach the family members. Maybe they're down... They probably didn't even know have anybody's name, really, That's when you think about probably. it. probably... Like, who kept records of everyone who was there? I don't know. I imagine they would have to have some... They would have to have some kind of record. But I don't know. No. I mean, because like, they didn't burn anything or... No, they no, just... They just drank the Kool-Aid. Yeah, and 
So I don't know. I don't know. That's these are interesting questions. Yeah, <laughs> we have to find books. To, yes, to see if there's any answers more. out there. So that's that's interesting. That's very interesting. I was wondering that at the end though, because it looked like a big, a mass burial, and I mm-hmm. just was wondering, is it in Guyana? Where? But if there's 400 in Oakland, that could have been part of. Yeah, there could be like a one mass section, burial and then them but it looks like according to this article a slab with a memorial to all 918 okay is located in the oakland cemetery okay it's just so many so many people and i think because it's become such a cultural thing i guess like reference point for people with like the coolie jokes and everything yes that you don't realize how recent it is that's true yeah it's not that long ago. I was like, oh, that happened in the past, but it was 78. I'm not going to give my age away, but yeah. I remember it. I remember reading about mm-hmm. it and seeing it on the news and just being like, what's... But all they ever talked about was him. Mm-hmm. They never talked about anybody else. So I never knew about these women. Or... Yeah. So that's what made this very interesting. And it could be that it's just at the point where people are starting to talk about it and be more open, open about, about it. it. Yes. Because that is a well-documented phenomenon. Like, if you think of, like, World War II, the people who went through the Holocaust and awful traumatic events, it only takes a long time, a decent amount of time before people people start start speaking about it. Exactly. That's true. So it could be that, and that's why there's sort of a renewed interest. Yes. Well, that, like true crime podcast oh definitely see that's uh, yeah anything with true crimes anything like that is very big right now so that could be why things are starting Starting to pick up again but yeah we will do some research to see what books are out there and then i'll put them in yes put them in there so which ones we have yes exactly (laughs) what we have very good and then the documentary is available on canopy canopy yes so that uses your library card too yes That's it. All right. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. I can't wait for our next. Yes. <laughs> we seem to be coming the true crime. I know. Historical <laughs> people here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My plan is to do June as true crime month, but it's going to extend out. Right. Because it's, it's very, it's, it's popular. It is popular. You know, and people, it's enjoyable. I don't want to say enjoyable. <laughs> that's it's interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. It's very interesting. Okay. Because the more you do this... You get more background. You're mm-hmm. not just getting the highlights. You're getting. Yeah. You're going more into the history of it, why it was, why it happened. Yeah, and I feel like the documentaries that we've been choosing have been kind of interview based, like first person. Yes, very much. This so. one very much so. Yes, which was very nice. Yes, that was very. I didn't expect it to be that first person. I didn't either. So I was very interested in that, mm-hmm. and I, and his son. I feel. He seems, I read a little bit up on him afterwards. He seems to be doing okay. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even realize he was, he had a son. So I at least he's either. under the radar and people aren't going. Yeah. And plus with the last name Jones, it's pretty much common. Yeah. But he seems to be doing okay. Yeah, that's. Yep. It's, it has to be difficult. Oh, it's got to be. It's got to be. And my one other question before we finish yes. is Marceline. Was she at Guyana that day? 
Was she one of them that died? I believe so. Okay, because I wasn't quite sure on that one either. Because they mentioned that she was um, she was silent about the suicide pact. She was just exhausted from everything. But I hadn't, I hadn't, I wasn't quite sure if she was actually there. Yes, she was. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, okay. On that note. Yep. That's very bleak. But very bleak. We're sorry. Sorry. <laughs> um, if you have any comments, questions, suggestions, or anything else, please contact me at aloney at albright.org. That is A-L-O-N-E-Y at albright.org. Or feel free to call the library at 570-348-3000. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.